Please join me as we proclaim the gospel today, as we uh, recite our responsive reading that's appropriately enough titled, Baptism. We gather to witness the story of God's salvation acted out in the waters of baptism in holy worship. Remember your baptism and give thanks. Through, our, through the baptism waters, through our baptism, we are marked as people who believe in the radical act of redemption through Jesus. We do not know what new thing will be born in us, but we ask God's grace to respond in Christ-like love. God, drench us in the living waters of your love. Immerse us in the depths of your spirit. Amen. We are here today to celebrate. We celebrate baptism. And baptism is a remarkable symbol of our faith in Jesus Christ. It's a symbol that we have put aside our old lives by accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior. In the act of baptism, we are reenacting the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ because he has also promised us that even though we may die, we too will be resurrected. And as we accept Christ as our Savior, as we make Christ our Lord, we are resurrected to a new life. We become new creatures in God's faith, in faith in God. And so we celebrate this wondrous adventure today as we baptize Virginia Marcy. Virginia has proclaimed that she has uh, accepted Christ as her Savior. She came to unite with our church, and we adopt her into our church and into the family of God through this act of baptism. And we all celebrate this with her. Virginia, my sister, it is my joy and privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here there is much water. What doth hinder you from being baptized?
Good morning. Welcome to Community Baptist Church, this congregation who gathers in Jesus' name to worship him. Um, we are glad that you are here. I'm Mary Rye. I'm a member of this congregation. I'm standing in while Tim puts his other clothes on. <laughs> um, let me encourage you to grab the uh, little red books at the end of the row. If you would sign those and let us know of your attendance, um, there's a space for email address and, a, and residential address and phone number, however, whatever kind of information you want to give us, we would appreciate. If you fill in that email address, we will send you our um, electronic newsletter that comes out on Thursday. Uh, if you would rather have it on paper, give us your residential address. Um, we will not call you and read it to you over the phone. Um, on the back of your worship uh, bulletin, you will find the events that are going on here in the life of the church. Um, first and foremost, let me invite you to the church picnic immediately following this worship service. Um, these little blow-ups don't normally sit in our backyard. Um, they are special. So let me encourage you to um, stay and have some food and fun and fellowship as we good Baptists tend to do. <clears throat> you will also want to take notice that we are continuing our Wednesday evening Bible study, Being Courageous in Our Faith, which is on our, our Wednesday night study after, after dinner, which starts at, dinner starts at 545, the, the Bible study starts at 630. Um, let me also encourage you, if you have some things for our um, Highway 60 rummage sale, that uh, we would welcome those. Please don't bring clothes, but anything else. I heard on the news the other day that this is a 200-mile rummage sale up and down Route 60. Do what? Six counties. Six counties. Um, we will be out here, wherever 60 is from here. We will be out, out on Route 60. <laughs> wherever that is, um, and we would appreciate your stuff. As Tim said last week, one person's trash is another person's treasure, so bring your treasures. Um, let us stand and greet each other this morning, um, and we welcome you um, to Community Baptist Church.
this morning is taken from Ephesians 3, verses 20, 21. people said.
everybody line up for us, please. Oh, Matt, come on. We're going to be way down here. Line up, straight line, so everybody can see you all. Oh, you guys, don't follow us. Whoa, line up, straight line. Stay, 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 right there. Keep going, stay. There you go. All right, Miss Mary. I want you to look at God's children up here. Amen. Do you guys, do you realize this day is for you? We're dedicating this Sunday to you, our upward families, God's children, our upward cheerleaders, our youth, who are all back there looking at phones or something. No? Okay. All right. I asked Dane and Emily and Emily to come up here because in Sunday school this morning, we talked about the Ten Commandments. And I used Miss Cindy, who couldn't be with here here today, but she had this beautiful Ten Commandment poster. But it's rules to live by for the kids. And let me just go over these rules again. If our families and our church families would just think how easy it would be to go through life living with these rules. And I'm going to read the kids' side because for me, you know, not always with it, it's easier to read the kids' side. Number one, remember that God is to be the most important part of your life. Can you all help me remember that? Okay. Number two, we worship and we honor only God. Okay. Number three, Always say God's name with love and respect. Number four, remember the Sabbath day. What is the Sabbath day? Sunday. Remember the Sabbath day. That's God's special day. And spend it thinking about loving and honoring God. Bear listen up on this one. Number five, obey your parents. And treat them with respect. Ooh, she's giving eye contact to mama, aren't you? Okay. (laughs) Number six. You know, we talked in Sunday school. You guys all know this. Then why do we have this in our world right now? You know what number six is? Life is special. Do not murder anyone. How sad is that if we have people murdering each other? These are rules God wants us to live by. Number seven. Husbands and wives are to love each other and keep their promises to each other. Sometimes that doesn't always happen in our lives, does it? But it's okay. You have a church family. You have other folks that love you very, very much. Number eight, do not take anything that belongs to someone else. Why would we take something if it's not ours, right? Okay. Number nine, tell the truth about other people. My goodness, why would we say something mean about somebody else? We need to tell the truth. And number 10, be happy that other people have nice things. Don't be jealous of them. And that's tough, you guys. That's tough sometimes if you see somebody with prettier clothes or better toys. But you guys are all so special, and we're very glad you're here. Now, before we go back to Children's Church, you guys can have a seat now because your part's over. And guess what? Now I'm going to talk to your parents. Have a seat. On the floor or wherever you want. That's fine. Okay. The older kids had to listen to these Ten Commandments. 
Parents, these are for you. And sometimes, just like all of us, our family kind of forgot this morning, but these are for our parents and grandparents and anybody that takes care of kids. Number one, my hands are small. Please don't expect perfection whenever I make my bed, draw a picture, or throw a ball. My legs are short. Please slow down that I can keep up with you. Number two, my eyes have not seen the world as you have. Please let me explore safely. Don't restrict me unnecessarily. Number three, and this is hard, and I know it's hard, parents. Housework will always be there. I'm only little for a short time. Please take time to explain things to me about this wonderful world. Number four. I don't think these are the parents I need to be talking to because you're here in church. Number four. My feelings are tender. Please be sensitive to my needs. Don't nag me all day long. Number five. I am a special gift from God. Please treasure me as God intended you to do. Number six. I need your encouragement to grow. Please go easy on the criticism. Number seven, please give me the freedom to make decisions concerning myself. Permit me to fail so that I can learn from my mistakes. Number eight, please don't do things over for me. Somehow that makes me feel that my efforts didn't quite measure up to your expectations. I know it's hard, but please don't compare me to my brother or my sister. Well, before I read number nine, Becky, I I hope you have a good time in Jamaica because we really had to talk about this one. You know I'm just kidding you. Number nine says, please don't be afraid to leave. Excuse me. Please don't be afraid to leave for a weekend together. Kids need vacations from parents. Just as parents need vacation from kids. Emily and I had to talk about that because I know you guys are leaving for a vacation to Jamaica. (laughs) Number ten. Please take me to Sunday school and church regularly, setting a good example for me to follow. I enjoy learning more about God. Let's say a word of prayer. Dear Gracious Father, we come to you this morning. God, we thank you for our upward families. God, we thank you for our families. God, we know we try very hard in this life to follow your commandments. God, please give our upward folks a special blessing as they take away from their time, as they take away from their families, as they put this picnic together. God, we know we owe everything in our life to you, and we're so very grateful for that. Just please please be with us throughout the upward season. Just be with us always. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, if all the kids can quietly go back to Children's Church, we have something very special this morning. The scripture reading is not what's in the uh, bulletin there. You, it's from De- Deuteronomy 11:18-21. You shall put these words of mine in your heart and soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and fix them as an emblem on your forehead. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, 
so that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth. yesterday served at the Salvation Army and in one hour we basically served about 150 individuals. Um, There's a lot of people in our community who are in a great deal of need. Uh, There were elderly, there were people fighting with addictions, people who maybe had been fighting with some type of mental illness and there were a lot of little kids. It's pretty sad when you look over and you got these little kids looking up to see what they're going to get for lunch because they're very hungry. We also have heard of a lot of people this week in our congregation. We have a lot of sick. We have a lot who have been in the hospital or recently out of the hospital. And we have a lot at this point who just can't be with us here on Sundays due to illness. Or it could just be that they've reached that time in their life where they're just not able to be here. So I'd like for us to just take a moment Uh, before the offertory prayer and just lift these people up in silent prayer so if you'll bow with me please lord we know you hear each and every one of our prayers we thank you for your love and ask for your guidance on how we as followers and how we as your people can minister to and give hope to all those that we're lifting up to you in prayer, Lord. We want to thank you today for each of our Upward families, for all of those who are helping in the Upward ministry, those who are teaching the children the devotions, those who are coaching, those who are volunteering in any way. And we just hope that through this ministry, that we can help these families and others in our communities just to know that, that you love them, Lord, and that as a congregation, we want to minister to them. We ask that you bless these tithes and offerings. May they multiply and spread your love to the very corners of the earth, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, who gave all for us. Amen.
<laughs> wow. Thank you, choir. What, what a wonderful rendition and what wonderful message you have brought to us. Uh, speaking of messages, um, I'm about to deliver one, but it's not the one that's printed in your worship folder. I did, I did something this week that I rarely do, and that is I changed gears. Uh, on Friday afternoon, of all things, after the worship folder was printed, I said, you know, I'm not going to preach about the beast within. I'm going to preach about something else. And so... And I think it was a thing of God that we did this because um, the uh, children's moment fit almost exactly perfectly with what I'm going to preach about today, and that is passing the baton. And what I'm talking about is passing the baton of faith on to our children. Uh, Dennis Rainey, in his book titled The Tribute, has some wonderful stories about family life. And I think one of the best of the stories that he um, that he has in his book there is an Associated Press story that comes from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it goes like this. At the age of two, Robin Hawkins has already become a homewrecker. <laughs> when, when she is old enough to ask for an allowance, her father intends to show her a bill for thousands of dollars worth of family belongings which she has destroyed in a two-month Rampage. It all started when Alice the cat went down the toilet. Her father, Ralph Hawkins, said, I heard her saying, bye bye, fluff, fluff, bye bye. And so he ran into the bathroom just in time to watch Alice the cat go down the toilet. (laughs) Cost $7.50 for the Stuffed animal. I got you, didn't I? $87 for the plumber. One week later, teddy bear was placed in the dishwasher on top of the heating element. Cost $12 for the teddy bear, $200 for smoke damage in the kitchen, and $375 for the dishwasher. When the Hawkins returned home from a weekend trip, they opened the refrigerator and found that everything inside was warm. The repairman came and discovered that there were dozens of little magnetic letters stuck into the vents of the refrigerator. Cost $3.50 for the magnetic letters, $250 for the ruined food, and $310 for the refrigerator repair. That evening, we sat down to watch TV, and when I turned on the TV, everything was green, Hawkins said. Robin had twisted the fine-tune button so far that it broke off inside. Cost $175 to repair the television. The next day, Robin's mother, Bernie, went to pick up her husband at work, and Robin was sleeping in her car seat, and so Mrs. Hawkins decided to leave her in a car seat while she ran inside to get her husband. She put the keys to the car in her purse and left the purse in the car. Well, Robin drove that car for about 400 yards before she ran it into a tree. Cost $1,750 to repair the car. 
Robin has also lifted $620 out of the cash register of a local supermarket. She drilled 50 holes in the walls of a rental property that her parents owned and painted her walls with nail polish. When the Hawkinses returned from grocery shopping one afternoon, they parked their car halfway into the garage and decided to keep Robin strapped into her car seat while they unloaded the groceries. And with a precocious little child like this, I don't blame her. I don't blame them a bit. But about that time, as they were loading groceries back and forth to their, their house, they heard a loud grinding noise. And they discovered that Robin had made her way out of her car seat, had locked herself into the car, and was pushing the remote control button over and over and over again to the the automatic garage door opener, which was bouncing off of the roof of the car, of the hood of the car. That's Robin Hawkins. Now, let me ask you something. Does Robin sound like... Any two-year-old that you know of? Actually, she sounds like most two-year-olds that I know of. And that's where I would like for us to focus our attention on this morning, on our children. It is obvious from this story about Robin that our children need direction in their lives to live their lives well. And guess, guess who it is that are to give them that direction. It's us. It's us. We are the ones to give that direction. Listen to our lesson from the book of Deuteronomy. You shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall teach them to your children. Taking, uh, talking of them when you're sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. And you shall write them upon the doorposts of your house and upon your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give to them. Did you hear that? You shall teach them to your children. Folks, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but we live in a society in which many of our children are at risk. Many of our children start life out with the deck stacked against them, and that makes it doubly hard for them to grow up and and to become productive citizens of our community. For example, did you know that Kentucky ranks third in the nation for incarcerating juveniles. Did you know that? Kentucky ranks third in the nation for incarcerating juveniles. But listen to this. Did you know that last year Henderson County incarcerated incarcerated more juveniles than any other county in Kentucky? Our children are at risk. Dr. Harold Hodginson, who tracks demographic trends in our society, presents a very insightful analysis of what's happening in communities like ours all across America. Let me share some of the statistics that that he has for you. Almost one-fourth, 24% of all preschool children 
live in poverty today. Almost one-fourth. The number of babies born suffering from withdrawal symptoms due to their mother's drug addiction has tripled over the last decade. I have a friend who did his OBGYN residency at Grady Memorial Hospital in downtown Atlanta, and he said that over 50% of the babies born there were crack babies. And these children are entering into our school systems with terrible learning difficulties and social problems. Nearly one in three children are being raised right now with little or no contact with their fathers. One-fourth of pregnant mothers receive no physical care in the first trimester of their pregnancy. And tragically, 20% of all disabled children would not be impaired had their mothers had physical exams during pregnancy. Child protection agencies report a tripling of child abuse cases in the last 10 years. And 1.5 million is the number of children in America who will go to sleep at some point without a home each year. In fact, the fastest growing population of the homeless is not the deranged drunk, but families with children. In short, there are a lot of children who come into this world with the odds stacked against them. And the greatest challenge that our nation faces is not some threat that comes from beyond our borders, but the greatest challenge that we face is what to do with the alienated children who live in our own neighborhoods. Many of our children in our society are at risk. And even within our own families, which may or may may not be the ideal situation, even within our own families, raising children can be a great challenge, can it? Can it? Parents, I want to raise your want you to see you raise your hand here. Can can raising children be a, a challenge? Yeah. Been there, done that. You may be familiar with the comic strip for better or worse. It's about family life with with a mother and a father and two children. And and there's one episode in this comic strip where uh, in the first three parents, the mother is tossing and turning in her bed and she's worrying about her 10 year old son, Michael. And as she's tossing and turning in her bed, she's she's saying, are we too tough on Michael or are we not tough enough? Do we do we give in too often or not often enough? Do we listen? Do we understand? Maybe I nag too much. Am I a good parent? Where are the answers? How does one know what to do? And then in the last frame, we see Michael lying awake in his bed saying, the trouble with grown-ups is they think they know everything. <laughs> well, folks, I want to tell you something. We don't know everything particularly when it comes to raising families, because raising a family can be a great challenge. Did you hear about the the eight-year-old son of an OBGYN doctor? He Twice he was heard on the telephone telling the person on the other end of the line, sorry, you have the wrong number. We don't have a plumber here. And finally, after the third call, when his mother answered the phone, the voice on the other end said, thank goodness I got an adult. My water broke. (laughs) He thought she wanted a plumber. 
You might have heard about the little girl who came home from school one day and said that they had learned how to make babies that day. And so her apprehensive mother said, well, how do you do that? And the little girl said, well, it's it's really easy. You just change the Y to I and add ES. You know, children do keep us on our toes, don't they? You may have heard about the, the young fellow who was asked to write a sentence with the word adult in it. And this is what he wrote. He said, adults don't have any fun. Adults just sit around and talk. Adults don't do anything. And then he concluded by saying, nothing could be duller than adultery. Children see things different from we from the way we see things. There was one farmer who was talking to his granddaughter as she was sitting there looking at a large sow. And, and the granddaughter said, she sure is big, isn't she? And the little girl replied, well, it's no wonder. I just saw six little piggies blowing her up. Raising children can be a challenge. But this is what our lesson for today says to us. It tells us that the most important thing that we can teach our children is exactly what Mary told the children just a moment ago. The very first thing. Put God first in their lives. That's the most important thing that we can teach our children to put God first in their lives. And James Missioner's novel called Chesapeake, a participant in a Quaker wedding says to the couple, when thee hath children, be sure they know they are taught to know Jesus. It is a fearful thing to rear children who do not who know not the Christian faith. And my friends, that Quaker brother was right. And you shall teach them to your children. That's what God tells us in the book of Deuteronomy. Talking of them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up, you shall write them on your doorposts. Put them on your gates so that the days of the So that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land which the Lord swore to your father, your fathers to give them. Folks, I want to tell you something. I'm, I'm really staggered by how casually many families take the responsibility for the spiritual welfare of their children. There are many who would would never dream of allowing their their child to miss a soccer game or a school play, but they feel no such responsibility towards having them in Sunday school or at church. And there are other families who don't even care about the soccer game. They just don't care. And that's why our upward basketball and cheerleading program are are so important, I believe. Because it's a place where we can teach not only the skills of basketball and cheerleading, but also the character 
of sportsmanship and teamwork and God. But you might say, oh, oh, they don't learn all that much while they're here, do they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Every year we have children in our program who make professions of faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior for the first time because of what they have learned in our program. And let me tell you what they do learn. They learn that God is important to us. And so the medium becomes the message. And the issue is not really how effectively our, our coaches or our devotional leaders or, are, even though we're, we're very proud and thankful for each and every one of them. Nor is the issue how effective my, my preaching is. The question is, is God important or not? And if God is important to us, then we will bring our children into the house of the Lord. And we will go out into the highways and the byways and, and bring other children into the house of the Lord so that they will know that God is important to us. And so the most important thing that we can teach our children is to put God first in our lives. And that brings us to the final thing that we need to say today, and that is that there can be no molding without modeling. In other words, we know that the most important task that we have is to help mold our children's character and to show them how important God is to us. But folks, there can be no molding without modeling. And the reason why is because children learn far more from what we do than from what we say. And that's why our lesson from Deuteronomy begins not with our children, but with us. You shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall teach them to your children. Folks, we cannot give to our children something that we do not have ourselves. And we need to practice what we preach. Because that's the way children learn. Nancy Carmichael tells us about watching a mother in a doctor's office waiting room scold her little girl in a harsh manner. And just a minute or two later, she watched as that little girl scolded her rag doll in the same way. And that's, that's the way it goes, isn't it? Children learn not so much from what we say, but by what we do. And so the question is, what would your child learn about the Christian faith from looking at your life? Would they learn that it's kind and gentle and patient and loving and tolerant? Or would they learn that it's harsh and bitter and unbending and angry? I like something that a Christian leader once said. He was talking to a group of men and he likened the mission of introducing one's children to the, to the Christian faith to a three-man relay race. 
First, he says, your father runs his lap around the track, and this could be a mother as well, carrying the baton, which represents the gospel of Jesus Christ. And at the appropriate moment, he hands the baton to you. And you begin your journey around the track. And then finally, the time will come when you must get the baton safely into the hands of your child. But as any track coach will tell you, relay races are won or lost in the transfer of the baton. There is a critical moment when all can be lost by a fumble or a miscalculation. The baton is rarely dropped on the backside of the track when the runner has it firmly in his hand. If failure is to occur, it will most likely happen in the exchange between the generations. And how true that is. My friends, those of us who are parents, those of us who are teachers and coaches and leaders, are handing the baton of faith onto our children. And they will know how important the race is by how committed we are to it. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. And if we do that, if we lay them up in our hearts and our souls, then we don't have to worry too much if our children are going to get the message or not. They will. Because they'll see it in us. Yes, my friends, children are a challenge. I think we can all agree on that. And the most challenging and the most important task that we have as parents and as teachers is to raise our children to put God first in their lives. But there can be no molding without modeling. And so we must first make certain that God is with us. Amen. We're going to sing a good old, good old hymn, one of the favorites of many of us, and one that our choir just sang a little while ago, part of it, Amazing Grace. And uh, I can think of nothing better to sing at, at a time like this because we are celebrating the grace of God, not only in these children's lives, but in all of our lives. Because we can't instill the grace of God onto our children unless we have it ourselves. And so, here's the thing. If you've never experienced the grace of God in your life, we invite you to make a commitment to Jesus Christ today. We invite you to come forward and say, you know, I want to accept Jesus as my Savior. And I am committing my life to following Him as my Lord. If you'd like to do that today, we invite you to make that commitment. If you're looking for a church home to be a part of and would like to unite with Community Baptist Church and be a part of our fellowship as we try to, to do the work of God in this community, in this place, and all around, we invite you to come and unite with our church today. Maybe you just need a time of prayer. We invite you to come. We're a praying church, too. And we believe that the concerns of our people are concerns of God and And so we lift them to God. 
God is dealing in your heart in any way today, we invite you to to come as we sing together. Amazing grace. Would you come? Thank you for your presence with us today. 
Uh, and we thank you for, for sharing this time. And for our upward parents and, and grandparents and aunts and uncles, thank you for sharing your children with us as well. Uh, they're very much a, a, a great part of our, of our, uh, our service and our program here at Community Baptist Church. I'd like to invite everybody to hang around because we've got lots of food that's going to be right outside in our uh, uh, pavilion area back here. We're setting up tables and chairs and all sorts of things like that. We got games for the kids. We got games for the adults. Uh, we'll have some music and lots and lots of fun. So please hang around and, and stay for our fun time today at our at our picnic. Let's bow for our for our benediction. Oh God, we thank you for your amazing grace that touches our lives, and we thank you, oh God, that that we as adults have been been given the awesome responsibility. Uh, to share this grace with our children. But we know, we know also, O oh God, that it is a daunting work. And it's something that we need to take very seriously. And so, God, we pray for your Holy Spirit to surround us, to give us your words, to give us your actions, and help us not only to, to try to mold our children into the people that you want them to be, but help us to model for them people that they should be. Thank you, God, for your presence in our lives that gives us so much strength and hope. And now, O oh God, as we leave this place, may we go with your Spirit leading us each step of our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.